Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and paranormal. want to send a very special shout out out right off the bat to my dear friend, Dr. Bon Blossman. You will know her from television's series called Big Rich Texas. She's also authored several creepy books, which you and your entire family will enjoy. And she happens to be a doctor, a teacher, a writer. She does it all. But check out her hilarious Halloween music video called There's a Ghost in My House on YouTube. And you may just see someone that you all know making a little cameo in that video. Please check it out. There's a ghost in my house. Um, Tonight is actually long overdue. It's a topic I've wanted to cover for a long time. But to be honest with you, the reason I didn't It's because it's a case that has so many details that I was, I was apprehensive about covering it. So I decided the best way to cover it is to simply do an overview because there are just way too many minute details of the case. I will recommend to you that you find the book called The Haunted. I don't believe it is currently in print, so you may have some hurdles trying to get a copy of it. But if you can, go find The Haunted. And it is one of the scariest books of a true-life demonic infestation that I've ever read. As a matter of fact, the world-renowned demonic paranormal investigator, Mr. Ralph Sarchi, who you all know from the hit film Deliver Us From Evil, he was inspired to become a demonologist after reading this book. And for those of you who have been around a little bit, this particular case called the Smurl case, otherwise known as the Haunted, um, this family was profiled on Geraldo years ago, the talk show, and this entity followed them on the air on the Geraldo show to the degree where people were calling in thinking it was a hoax because they saw this green mist hovering over the family. That is how strong this attachment was and became to this family who was terrorized by what was going on in their home in West Pitson, Pennsylvania. I will start from the beginning and give you again an overview. These are just some details, but there's so much to this case I urge you to do your own research, but I will fill you in and hit the major bullet points for you. Jack and Janet Smurl moved from Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania, which is not too far from me, to escape flooding damage left um, from a hurricane, and that was in the year 1972. In 1973, they moved into a duplex um, Jack's parents had purchased. Now, they shared the house with his parents. So his parents were on one half and Jack and Janet and their two daughters, Dawn and Heather, lived on the other half. Um, The house was built roughly around 1896 and it was on a quiet street in a middle-class, ordinary neighborhood. The living arrangement, they were pretty happy. Jack and Janet had been raised Catholic and Jack's parents were also very strong Catholics. Um, They were a close family, they hung out a lot, they 
did the cookouts. You know, it was a, altogether a happy arrangement. In January of 1974, a year and a half after moving in, that's when things began to shift. They would start out as little things, like things would go missing, or a stain would appear on the carpet, kind of reminiscent of blood, and it would smell, and they're not sure, you know, where did that come from? There'd be deep scratches on the bathroom floor, and this was after they just got done remodeling, so you can imagine how that would annoy you. There were problems with leaking pipes, and they had to continuously have people repair them and come out and take a look at these things. Television sets were suddenly, you know, going off in the middle of the night, and ominously, one night, one of them actually caught on fire. And the incidents over time became more and more pronounced and frightening. Jack and Janet's daughter Dawn claimed she saw people floating in her bedroom. Specifically, she would be harassed from her bedroom closet clawing from inside the closet. She'd hear her name being called from inside the closet. Drawers began to open and close by by themselves. And then there would be footsteps upstairs. Um, Radios that were plugged off would suddenly begin blasting music. And this is creepy too. The toilets would just start flushing all by themselves. So whatever was causing this, It just got worse and worse, and they were trying to, of course, find natural explanations, but, I mean, these incidents alone were not natural. Horrible stenches would cover the house, and Jack would feel something physically touch him multiple times. This activity began to get more and more demonic in nature, and in 1977, it was blatantly obvious to the Smurls that they were facing something otherworldly. The phenomenon wasn't just confined to Jack and Janet's side of the duplex. As a matter of fact, Jack's parents, John and Mary, would hear Jack and Janet just fighting and cursing at each other and saying the worst things to each other and using all these expletives and cursing God. And they thought that was so strange And what really freaked them out is they realized that in many of these cases where they heard Jack and Janet fighting, that they weren't home. Nobody was home. So something was mimicking the voices of Jack and Janet from within their own walls. Even neighbors were affected by this phenomenon. They would have screams and loud noises would come from their their house into their house. So they would you know, hear the noises, they would see flashes as they were walking by the Smurls' house, and the activity would follow the neighbors home. That's how strong this energy was on this property. Um, Someone had um, basically, I don't know how to to say this, Um, somebody in the neighborhood got so freaked out that they consulted with local clergy and they wanted, of course, to rid their home of activity, but they were embarrassed. Of course, you know, you have this activity going on and then you have to call your local parish and be like, hey, I think I have a ghost or a demon in my house. That doesn't tend to lend itself to 
people being taken seriously in the neighborhood, even though this activity was very real and it got to the point where the neighbors were consulting churches and um, the Smurls were, of course, probably the last to finally get help because I think they were trying to deal with it themselves. But when the activity becomes so pronounced that other people are experiencing this stuff, then they kind of have to step in. Of course, there were neighbors who thought, hey, you know, we're not experiencing anything. Maybe this is all being made up for some kind of money-making scheme, but that's just not the case. Um, there was a black human shape that manifested in Janet's kitchen, and it would move through the wall and into John and Mary's side of the duplex, where Mary also witnessed this black, solid black figure. And I should remind my audience that when you see a solid black figure that is a shadow figure that is very reminiscent of something demonic physical violence was occurring toward the family and things escalated even their pet their pet german shepherd was tormented it was picked up and thrown repeatedly against a wall to the degree that the pet itself was a nervous wreck janet was thrown down a flight of stairs and a ceiling fan crashed just inches from her barely missing her. Um, Janet was levitated and thrown, and there was continuous rapping and scratching heard within the walls. Scratching again, folks, is usually reminiscent of something demonic. Ed and Lorraine Warren were finally contacted by Janet in 1986 for help, so they dealt with this activity for a very long time. You all know the Warrens, of course, they're the most famous paranormal investigating duo in the history of the industry. And I might add, they were also um, responsible for training my dear friend Ralph when he got into the work. So I can attest to how credible um, that the Warrens are in this field. Um, they, of course, were trying to get the demon once they got to the house to expose itself, to show itself. They tried, um, you know, holy water, provocation, prayer, and they weren't quite getting anywhere. Um, believe me, the demonic is very smart. They know when to mute themselves and when to escalate. Um, the attacks continued on the family, though, getting worse and more violent. Jack and Janet suffered sexual attacks. Yes, Jack in particular suffered um, repeated raping by a succubus, and this was not pleasurable, I should say that. You think, oh, a sexual attack, how bad could that be? No, this was very painful. This thing looked almost lizard-like. It had scales, and it was extremely painful for him, and very um, emasculating. Can you imagine? You don't even have control, and this thing is just taking you whenever it wants. Their young daughter, Dawn, was also nearly raped by some entity. Um, illnesses affected the Smurl family. Um, Mary, Jack, and Janet suffered bites and slashes on their arms. The Smurls attempted to involve the Roman Catholic Church, but it failed. Um, the Warrens brought in a Father McKenna, who is a very famous exorcist, to perform an exorcism, but this only angered the demonic. And I should say, when the Catholic Church did show up to this home, the activity was non-existent. Again, these things are smart. They know when someone is there to help or to possibly rid them 
they're going to be quiet because, of course, then the priest is going to go back to his clergy and report, uh, there was really nothing strange. Uh, Father McKenna performed a second exorcism in the home, which also failed. Attempts to get away from the home were also unsuccessful. In particular, the family went on a camping trip and Jack woke up in the middle of the night and this thing was staring at the entire family, sitting perched on top of a picnic bench, just staring at them with these red eyes. As well as when they would go to the bathroom at the outhouse on this camping trip, something followed them in there and was banging on stall doors and scratching. I mean, can you imagine that? You can't even go on vacation and this thing is following you. So Jack was even tormented when he would go to work. So finally, the family said, you know what? Some people think we're doing this for publicity, but we have no other alternative than to turn to the media to get attention. So that's exactly what they did. They got a lot of press coverage and that opened the floodgates and the Smurls became and their house became somewhat of a tourist attraction. But this also finally brought the church back and they tried to do something, a blessing, a cleansing, and it didn't work. I'd say um, there was an incident of a third exorcism as well. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Where Father McKenna thought he brought an end to the activity. But of course, in December of that year, that the year he did the third exorcism, which I believe was 1986, um, it was three months and then the activity started up again. They thought it was gone. They finally brought in uh, an entire church group who filled the house with candles. They brought holy water. They sang songs. They sang prayers. They sang cleansing. And they were cleansing songs. And they were literally in every corner of the house. They were in the closet. They were everywhere. And the house smelled like roses. And the activity seemed to, again, subside for a few months. And just when they thought they were safe, Jack saw this dark form calling to him and reaching out its arms to him. And once again, the phenomenon began. So the Smurls finally moved out of their house and into another town. And there was a book published shortly thereafter called The Haunted. And in 1988, three years before the movie about the Smurls ordeal was released, the church performed a fourth exorcism at this location and at last, it appeared that the tortured family finally found a measure of peace and freedom from this evil demonic force that had been harassing them for years. Now, I should say, it didn't completely go away, but it lessened, and that was enough for this family. Ultimately, um, of course, the Smurls left this location and... To this very day, it is rumored, I have not been to the location, but this house is still standing in West Pitson. And you know what I have to say, it's not that that far from me, and I may very well take a road trip to this house, and I will update you if I can get to the location and even make my way inside the home. I'm not afraid to approach homeowners in a respectful manner and ask if I can poke around. So I'll let you know. But um, 
again, this was a very brief overview of just some of the activity that occurred to this family. So if you were at all interested or intrigued by this 15 minutes or so that I talked about this family, then I encourage you to read The Haunted because the book will give you so many more details than I did. So I hope you enjoyed this. We have lots more creepy, sinister topics coming up the pike because it's Halloween season. So we're going to get dark. We're going to get scary. But we're also going to have a lot of fun. I have some crazy interviews lined up, uh, one of which you're just not going to believe. But I'm so excited for it. And um, we got lots of fun topics, including an introspective look at Ghostbusters 2 while we are waiting for the third film to be released. So we're going to have lots of fun. We have Jennifer Runyon coming back from, of course, the original Ghostbusters and all kinds of great stuff. But for Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening.